bees in his library? Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire scythe for It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gandahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gandahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Starcrushed. We discuss genre movies, and in this episode, we'll discuss Meteor, a disaster film from 1979, directed by Ronald Neem, a name that is uh, new to me, uh, but we'll see if it's also new to my co-host. My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So, Linnea, is this your first <laughs> Ronald Neem film? <laughs> Actually, not. Uh, well, though uh, I I was not familiar with the name, I hadn't um, uh, I hadn't memorized the name before. But mm. looking at his filmography, I have seen one of his films before, and that is the Poseidon Adventure. Okay, so that, <laughs> I have I have never heard that film. So <laughs> interesting. Really? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. At least it's the one uh, where um, the ship is turned upside down. No, I've seen the remake. The one. Yes, the remake from uh, like 2005 yeah. with Russell, think no, not that, Russell, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I think that one's just called Poseidon. Yes, I think yeah. so too. And then but the, the, but the premise is, is the same, yeah. and yeah. and a boat turned upside down. You don't forget that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen both of them, so I have seen one, at least one uh, uh, more movie by Ronald Me before. So. Okay, so we are not talking about this uh, Poseidon, obviously, in this episode, but which do you prefer, the remake or the original? Ooh. In most aspects, the original. Okay. But there are a few... I'm, I'm trying to remember now because it was a long time ago. I remember the original best, which is mm. usually an indication that that's the better one. But I do remember yeah. a sort of... Um, not really a romance that happened, but sort of there's a young girl who has a love interest or, or she has a crush on a guy. And I, I, it was sort of a little bit weird to me, that whole scenario. Uh, and I do oh, think okay. that sort of uh, removed that in the remake, I think. But uh, isn't there someone who's like engaged to another character, I think? Maybe. I think there was something like that. And they were both like the same age. Yeah, yeah, because so in the original, weird. at least if I'm, if I'm thinking of the correct movie here, yeah, uh, yeah I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, there is a young girl who has a crush on, on an older guy and it just doesn't ah. really come across as realistic in a way, I think. Mm. Mm. But granted, it's been a long time since I saw the movie, so maybe yeah. I would think different of it today. But that is that or is my maybe, memory of it, or, or maybe, maybe worse. Like, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> maybe uh, all the bad things happen, yeah. or maybe it's like with Meteor, where I thought uh, Sean Connery <clears throat> was way older than he was. And I was like, oh no, Natalie Wood is going to be his love interest. And then I started Googling it and I was like, okay, there's only eight years between them. So it's, it's not, it's not bad, actually. 
actually it's just it's just the way that Sean Connery is styled mm. uh, and that is his hair specifically I think if they mm. if it had better hair I wouldn't think I wouldn't like oh he looks old because then when I knew he was like 48 mm. I was like yeah yeah I, I can see it it's just styling um so maybe it was one of those situations <laughs> overthinking it over here so meteor uh anyways let's roll back to the actual (laughs) film we're talking about so meteor is um a disaster film like like we mentioned and it's basically a huge space rock hurling towards earth and debris from it is is uh impacting earth in different countries and wreaking havoc and we have uh, the united states trying to work with Russia after some minor I don't know I don't know what would be the appropriate word minor uh, political disagreements and maneuvering <laughs> they, they 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 come together like two dove pieces peace doves I don't know and and work together to sort of uh, use their warheads for love and not war instead. So they're really uh, they're really the really reluctant BFFs in this <laughs> end of the world Definitely. disaster. But but by the end of it, they are the best of BFFs, <laughs> truly. <laughs> so it's a love saga between two nations who utterly despise each other and are super suspicious toxic relationship but you know they do their best Uh, so that is it and sean connery is an astrophysicist i want to say yes yes. Uh, and natalie wood who i mentioned is also an astrophysicist but her may her her main role in the film is um or or uh, in this sort of work is as an interpreter for a russian um astrophysicist who's there to to work with um yeah with america basically yes and and then there's just like tension that runs high when they don't want to work politically together and then malfunctions happen and disasters happen as chunks of rock hit earth and then a big chunk hits earth Uh, but not the rock so spoilers (laughs) ahead uh they fix it they fix the problem, basically. <laughs> so when you come together and work together, you can fix big problems. The opposite of don't look up, I would describe this film, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yes. Everyone looks up and they want to deal with the problem. <laughs> so, yeah. But there, it is kind of funny. So, so yeah, it's it, the beginning of the movie is there's an, a comet from out the outer reaches of the solar system who is yes i think like for the first time nearing earth and as it yes. passes through the Thanos asteroid first belt, experiment Sorry. yes uh, and as it passes through the asteroid belt it hits an asteroid and it splinters the asteroid and all of these sort of small and large and really large pieces are headed toward earth um and america have um, like an, an an orbiting nuclear space station, essentially, uh, that they don't really want to acknowledge that they have, but they do have it. They call it mm-hmm. Hercules, uh, <laughs> and 
they 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 know that Russia have a similar one, so they contact Russia, and Russia is like, no, no, we don't have any. And why are all of your nuclear weapons from from Hercules pointed towards Russia? Hmm? <laughs> but then uh, Sean Connery's character and oh, I don't remember his name, but the Russian the Russian astrophysicist. Yes. Uh, when they are sort of alone and they don't have sort of the precedents and 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 the the military guys from from. Uh, um, from the sites uh, of looking over the head, they they sort of sit down and they agree, and they Sean Connery's character sort of go like, well, if you theoretically had one of these <laughs> nuclear missile space station, um, wh- how much fire power power would it have? <laughs> and the Russian guy is like, well, theoretically, <laughs> we have this much. Yes. <laughs> I thought they, 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 the two of them were kind of great, actually. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a lot of like, um, yeah, just just funny how they sort of worked around the whole situation, which which is ridiculous when all mm. of Earth is is um, under threat. Yes. And I also thought it was kind of funny how both uh, United States and Russia were, were were equally as unwilling to mm. uh, say that they had a secret. Uh, station with warheads uh, what the purpose of that was and they didn't do it until I think the president um, I think the president made a statement on air and they was like well we we made this station in case of a threat like this <laughs> with warheads pointed outwards like the, he's kind of like yes. a white lie uh, and he and, and then says oh when we know Russia has one too and, <laughs> and for a similar like, purpose yes Yes, and I think I, I don't remember, but there was a comment that made uh, like in a in a Russian um like a room where there was a bunch of Russian politicians and they were like describing this and there was a comment that was kind of funny in regards to that. So I just thought like that whole political game I thought was really like sort of entertaining in, in this film. I think it was like my favorite part of this film, to be honest. Um even though it might have been just a little bit long maybe um but i don't know would you how do you think about that well yes um and this is sort of getting into my opinions on the movie as a whole yeah sure. in that it takes a long time for the actual disaster to happen and most of oh, yes. it is kind of boring yes <laughs> yes uh, we we've sort of brought up the highlights here you know their yes. discussions of theoretical uh, russian space stations that is kind of funny and and kind of mm-hmm. smart uh, the rest of it is, is yeah it's a lot of talk and it's a lot of tell and not show and it's just ugh. they could have <coughs> condensed uh, they could have condensed it into the good bits mm. and then like you say do a whole lot more showing than mm. telling mm. and and then sort of get to the disaster um, way quickly because you do have something that is really funny and I liked those bits a lot but they they do get lost in just the length of it it's like yeah. oh sh-. I was look. I remember like pausing for something and I looked at the clock and I was like oh it's been an hour and we have a whole hour almost left. Mm. Like this movie is going, it's weirdly paced. Like sometimes it goes too fast. Sometimes it just drags. It's it's weirdly paced in my opinion. Yes. Um, yeah. And also, so, you know, they come together and they both um, 
point their warheads to go to, uh, against the, the rock and they set them off and then I think one or two of the missiles uh, start to run into some problems and going in, in, in the wrong direction or something like that. But I also didn't feel like there was enough tension and problems at this point and I was like expecting things to f- f- fail. Mm. I was almost ex- expecting Sean Connery to go into a uh, space rocket to try to manually get them in in line again so all of the warheads was i knew it wouldn't be possible like because of time restraints Mm. and the technology i I knew but i was like i i felt like they was kind of lacking something like that Mm. it just went too smoothly almost Mm. and then you could say well hello what do you mean too smoothly we had like a major rock a debris piece hit new york for example and it was just like horrific destruction but but still uh, i think that moment and like that scene needed more with it because like that's mm. the the main thing that they're coming together to do so it should be more resistance there i think yes i think In there's there's two parts sort of to what the issue is here it's that there's a lot of build-up towards the disaster, but there's not mm. a lot of aftermath. And yeah. I think in a, in a lot of disaster movies, uh, the aftermath is, is kind of part of part of the, the most important part of the film because that's mm. where the really sort of difficult survival stories comes. And yeah. at least to me, that's part of why we want to see a, a disaster film. And then also sort of, as you mentioned, that... In actual the actual climax where oh we 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 do divert or we we do stop the end of the earth yes parts mm. of it has been destroyed but it you know it doesn't destroy everything and we end that by shooting missiles at it and so so in the actual climax in the actual scene or scenario where we do save the earth. There's no actual humans involved at, at that yeah. place yeah. in the universe. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can sort of uh, put in contrast there a movie like Armageddon, for example, where they mm-hmm. are actually out in space and working mm-hmm. very close to said yeah. asteroid. Uh, <laughs> so that's sort of, it lowers the stakes, I think. Or, or maybe not the stakes, but it lowers the, the drama because... Yes. When we don't have people up there, well, what can we actually do if things go wrong, you know? And yeah. it's a movie, so it's probably going to go right because we don't <laughs> we don't expect the actual end of the world <laughs> in a movie. But uh, it's, yeah, there's difficulty there, I think, in, in how the movie tells it. And they do, in the beginning yeah. of the film, they do have a manned spaceship, I think it was. Yes. But oh it God, is, yes. it, it, they are like featured five minutes in total in the film because they are destroyed yeah. or they die when the comet hits the asteroid in the beginning. But if they had survived, they could have been up there and they could have done things and it would have been more exciting. <laughs> boggles my mind that they made the decision. Well, they have three actors. They have a space station or spaceship, I should say. Yeah. And, 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 and you destroy it within five minutes when you have a film that... 
where the part of the drama is happening in space. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I don't, I, and I don't think, I don't think, oh, they were like, oh, well, you know, the destruction, I, I, I imagine you could say that, well, the destruction of that spaceship uh, really hammers in like what a huge threat this is. Mm. Uh, and I don't think it works. I think, I think the first scene where one of the pieces hits Earth and there's a family that lives in a sort of hut, I think, way up north like it's mm-hmm. winter and it's turned into like daylight it's during the night but it turns into daylight because like it's it's getting so close at first it just looks like a weird red star and then it it, it hits them and i think that did that better because mm. that's just like one tiny piece so i think that did a better way of communicating the threat than three astronauts in a spaceship that was placed way too close to this thing i was like i remember like i wrote this like i'm like aren't they way too close to this thing and then just like a few moments later then then it hits and it's like oh god damn it it shouldn't be i shouldn't call this so early and just be like this doesn't seem like a good idea when you have like the top brains doing the decision making to put them there i just thought it was kind of ridiculous and uh, and yeah, like you say, you could have had these three people in sort of like interact with them, like have them report things. Maybe it's acting weird in a way, like not to have their um, sort of um, expected to act, and they can report that down to them on, on 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 ground. And it's just like you could have a lot of things happening there and tension build that way, which I think when it, it's this this much distance. You just lose that and you mm. just have a bunch of warheads that is controlled by a computer that doesn't really f- fail that much. So mm. it's just like, mm. it's weird that they that they did that. I don't know. Um. Yeah. And I mean, sure, I can, I can understand from like a budget perspective that, yeah, making, yeah, filming, quote unquote, space stuff is difficult and it costs a lot of money. It involves a lot of special effects. But they do have a lot of sort of really flashy special effects yeah. on on Earth when uh, disasters are happening. And they cram in, by the way, all the disasters. There's <laughs> avalanches and there's floods. And there's, uh, you know, the, the place in New York where they're at is hit by one yeah. piece. And the aftermath looks sort of like after an earthquake. So it's, you know, yeah. they're because I think they're trapped like under, under, the, sur- under Earth, under the surface. Yes. They're under almost they're, like subway level. Yeah, exactly. Deep, they're I underground think. somehow. Yeah. So they're trapped there. And that sort of reminds you of other disaster movies as well. So, you know, mm. they do have all of these things. And they do have all of these uh, special effects that they obviously put a lot of time and money in. So why yeah. why couldn't they have had more in space? Because that would have made more sense, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it would have made a better story, and I think you could have built a whole more, a whole lot more tension. Um, <clears throat> and I also remember, I, I I also felt like, oh, this feels, this this feels wrong that I'm thinking this in how, like in terms of the enjoyment of the film, um, because it at, it at times looks like a very competent film. Like especially the disaster scenes that's happening around, I think are very competently like filmed, and they sort of also try to create create like emotional um, 
attachment and drama, so they sort of hone in on certain characters while the disaster is happening, uh, and and the the, the contrast is between that and the almost I wouldn't say like TV set, but it does like have have the sort of like oh we're now in a boardroom and discussing something, and it's just like brown and it's you know it's just like the contrasts are so vast, and I just remember like because I think it was. Uh, yes, it was Hong Kong that was hit with a massive tsunami wave, mm. and then they, you know, they they focus on one character, and it's it's a man who starts running and he runs against the crowd, uh, and he catches up with his wife and their small child, and also a dog. Like they bring the dog, mm. and I just thought, and I was like, wait, I want to watch this film, yes. and I, I just got that sort of gut reaction of this is the film that I want to watch because mm. it looked great like everyone there was like a massive panic and the wave looked really like you know menacing and and the the acting from like just just acting from this small scene by mm-hmm. that man and then and, and also the wife like she was like even shorter but especially that man I was like this is this is great <laughs> I want to watch I want to watch the build up to this incident like the the the, mm-hmm. the disaster and how they sort of run away from it and try to survive in it like they die spoiler but they die from a wave and that's the sort of drama that is supposed to happen from all these scenes but i just like oh man i want to watch i want to watch that film because that film looks great yes <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> and at that point i think at that point in the movie we've had like one and a half hours of yeah talk and politics and dodgy old men in in suits (laughs) sitting around a table and talking about how we're going to solve this. Um, And then we have, like, I don't know, a total of 20 minutes of actual exciting disaster things happening. And that's sort of what the the problem I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of build-up towards the disaster. There's not a lot of actual disaster or a lot of aftermath of the disaster. No. And Um, also, they fix the biggest incoming disaster. Exactly. Yeah. So easily. So it's just just weirdly paced, weirdly balanced, strange choices made here and there. Um, But if we're moving moving away from like the scenes and, and script and things like that, I think like all the actors and everything, they I have zero complaints. I think they were doing a, a, a great job. I think Natalie Wood was fantastic. I think th- I think she was a very charming and and she and Sean Connery had chemistry in my opinion. Uh a little bit forced, but that was mostly because of this like the words they were saying and not like the chemistry between them the two of them. Um so I thought all, all those things were in place. And also, unnamed Hong Kong man was great, <laughs> obviously. Like, it's one of the most memorable things. Like, so, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I kind of just want to contrast this with other films. I mean, one yeah. of the ones that we've watched now recently is The Hindenburg. In The Hindenburg, it made sense. That you had all this build up mm-hmm. and then just a short amount of actual disaster. Yeah. It felt logical, it felt reasonable, it felt, you know, it made sense storytelling wise. But then you have something like, oh, what, what's it called? The one with um, 
uh, I think it's from the 90s with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Is it called Sunrise? Um, is it it's... the one with uh, where he's a fireman or something? Sorry, no? where there's a he, where he's a fireman? No. Yes, yes, that's the one. I think it's called yeah. Sunrise. But anyway, it's uh, the tunnel collapses of maybe due to an earthquake or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Or maybe maybe just daylight. Sorry. Yeah, daylight. That's <clears throat> daylight. what it's called. Yeah. Yes, uh, and. The, the sort of the collapse of the tunnel happens um, quite early in the film. And then mm. most of the film is about them being trapped in the tunnel and trying to get out. Mm. And those are different, two different ways of doing a disaster movie. And both of them can work, but you, you sort of really have to have, you have... You have to have an appropriate disaster to fit the format or vice versa. Yeah. You know, the format they chose for the Hindenburg movie fits for that that specific disaster and the format that they chose for Daylight um fits for that mm-hmm. movie. Um uh, and I kind of felt like they f- they chose the f- wrong format for Meteor. They chose the Hindenburg format when they should have maybe yeah. gone for the Daylight format. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they should have had like <coughs> these pieces of debris that hits earth. That should have started way earlier. Yes. And I think they should have been... I wouldn't say bigger necessarily, because like the Hong Kong one is really horrific. That, that one is one of the most... Uh, and I think that is the the last one before the next one is definitely like the big one then. But I think they should have had multiples of that type, which just more so increased the urgency in the film overall. Yes. And just like have it hit earth and just like continuous. Don't have three pieces of debris. Have 30 pieces of debris. Mm. Like I'm not always someone who will say, oh, make it bigger, make it more, 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 more of everything. Like sometimes it's better to be small scale, but I think this film needed to mm, increase volume of everything. <laughs> Basically. Mm. And that should have been, I think, I think it should have almost been like the start is just like one of those pieces hitting Earth. Like that should have been like the inciting thing almost. Like it w- it wouldn't make complete sense, but like catching Sean Connery on a boat didn't completely work for me for some reason. Mm. Even though it's like the classic thing, like, oh, we need this scientist and they're like, in the middle of a lecture or in the middle mm. of a cooking class or... <laughs> I don't know, cooking course or whatever they, they <laughs> do. That's like the fun pastime. But I don't know. Mm. More, mm. basically. Mm. Yeah, and also... Because as you're mentioning the guy in Hong Kong. And there's also yeah. the guy... Uh, I don't know where exactly that were. But the guy up north in, in the snowy landscape. Yeah. You could have... You, you actually could have had... Introduced those as characters... And yes. sort of have this dealing with impending doom across the globe in different oh, countries, true, true. different areas. Oh, yes. yes. Because as it is now, we have a bunch of guys in America and the one invited Russian friend who sits uh, in a bunker on the ground and talks. <laughs> but, yeah. but, 
but if if you had you could have had the guy in Hong Kong, for example, you could have had him when he first heard the news that oh, a meteor might hit Earth and it might spell mm. uh, the end of of our country or our city or whatever. You know, you could have had that. You could have had his mm-hmm. journey of oh, how do I deal with this? And then in another part of the world, there's another character who's dealing with the same thing, but he does it differently. And then in a third country there's you know blah 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 just spread it out make it yeah bigger in scale like all those three like unnamed characters that we kind that they kind of focus in on all of those three would have been great candidates for the type of storytelling that you're um suggesting you're suggesting here i feel for example like uh, like the challenges and, and, and different difficulties and maybe like outlooks would be completely different. For example, the man who lives in a hut, they they seem to be living extremely remote mm. and it also wasn't like a village or anything. So they're not going to get the news very fast that mm. this is happening. So the way that they react upon seeing it and so like what precautions they take are going to be completely different from the woman who was like on a skiing trip exactly and like i feel like she could have been a character that sort of just ignores it she's like uh whatever like a piece hitting siberia or whatever the hot man was living (laughs) yeah i don't care i'm going on my trip no one can stop me and maybe her mom or whatever is like oh i don't think you should go on your you know ski trip you should uh, be somewhere safe and whatever and she's like no nothing can stop me from skiing blah blah you know a character like that which can Mm. be sort of like a bit annoying <laughs> and then when disaster sucks it's like oh no she gets it now mm-hmm. and then you can have like family man family drama in hong kong with the water and everything that happens in regard to that like oh, it would have been great i just thought yes that would you have three characters that could have worked with different challenges different um outlooks and that would have been great yeah, I just wish I saw that film. <laughs> I kind of feel like there are movies like that out there. It's just yes, not the one course. we saw. Yes, <laughs> yes. But but I, f- I feel like Meteors from 1979 could have been that film. Like the ingredients yes. are here. It's yes. just mixed badly. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, if I'm going to say something I liked about it, um, I liked the title screen in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I made that exact note in my notes. Like, oh, I really like the font on this title. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. great font. Yes. That was good. That was really good. Yeah. I also liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I um, you know, in summary, I think we've gone you know gone into what we don't like about it and mm-hmm. that's like pacing and like how the story is sort of structured and misused characters perhaps and things like that so to summarize what i did like about it which i have brought up but like i did like the acting i did think the cinematography points were really excellent and especially when the disasters happened and i also what else did i like did i mention the actors because they did hold up a lot of those scenes but mm. and i like the space stuff it was it looked fine like it it, it doesn't yeah, sure. impress it's, nowadays but like it, it looked fine for the time i think so it's not a bad yeah. looking movie absolutely yeah like the miniatures are great yeah in, in yeah. general so you yeah. know um yeah 
it's an all right film. It's just not it could have been better. I think that's yes, yes. The takeaway. I do think that even though I, I, it it got a little bit too much of it, but I do think that the, the movie is uh, handling the tension between Russia and America quite well. Like it understand yeah. it understands the. The, the the trust issues that maybe those two nations had mm-hmm. at the time uh, <laughs> and it makes sense and uh, I don't <sighs> like the, the like on paper how it is uh, portrayed or how it plays out I don't mind uh, mm-hmm. I just think maybe they spent a little bit too much time on it it does yeah. get boring in the end like ugh, just we we understand. There's tension it, between yeah. you two. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I think the parts where they deal with it with sort of like a sort of serious humor is the mm-hmm. best parts in regards to that. Absolutely. Uh, and they just should have cut it short earlier, or you know, in woven it in differently, maybe. Um, but yeah. This is the story they wanted to tell, so, you know, <laughs> all we can do is comment on it afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, do you have any, uh, I think we've mentioned a couple of films here, but are there any, any other recommendations you want to make, or do you want to mention them again, maybe, and why you would recommend those? There was one that I thought of uh, as I was watching Meteor, uh, and as with the Poseidon Adventure, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, so my memory of it might be wonky. But there was one where where I was sort of comparing Meteor to, and unfortunately, Meteor came out uh, the lesser one. <laughs> this is a, mo- a science fiction movie from the fifties, I think nineteen fifty one, but I might be wrong on that. Uh, called When Worlds Collide, and in that I one, that. yes, Meteor is perhaps more scientifically accurate among them uh, because you know, when worlds collide, it's not a meteor that's hitting Earth. It's like a, a, a whole other solar system with a star and planets and stuff. And it's, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's very, it's very large scale, so to speak. Yes. Um, but I do, I do remember the end of that movie or what, at least what I think is the end of that movie. And I remember liking it very much. And I I remember, I don't know, there's just something about that as as the climax or as the the, the more more action field filled scenes are happening in Meteor, it sort of brought to mind uh, when worlds collide, and I was just mm. so, I just sort of felt like the ending of When Worlds Collide had more of an impact on me personally than mm. maybe Meteor did. Uh, so I think w- with with the parenthesis that it's been a long time since I've seen it, mm. I would like to recommend When Worlds Collide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like just like a minor, uh, what do you say, footnote there. Right? Yes. Like, you take no responsibilities if it is in fact good anymore. <laughs> like you don't, it's way... Way too long ago. I yeah. have fond memories of it, but <laughs> yes. the details are hazy, I will admit. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I'll just um, bring back uh, Don't Look Up again. I know it's a film that really split the audience in two. <laughs> I think either you thought it was funny, uh, like a sort of dark humor and 
or you thought it was too on the nose and just like uh, too depressing or something. I thought it was kind of great. Um, so I, I it's the anti-meteor <laughs> in a way. And sometimes you want a balance of the two. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think it could work as a double feature. And I'd probably... I probably end the night with don't look up, honestly, just because you need caffeine um, shots after Meteor because of all the slow parts in that film. And, and don't look up is way more hi um, high speed, which modern films usually are. Like they usually feel like their audience is going to fall asleep and they just sort of don't want to <laughs> risk that happening. So, yeah. I'm I'm looking here. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Meteor, and they have mm -hmm. uh, the see also section. Oh, where... really? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, it, it's it's, that far down. it's um, uh, the, the sort of section that they usually oh, yeah. have on Wikipedia. Yeah. So they have they mention Armageddon, which we said. They have Don't Look yeah. Up. They have Meteor from 2009, a four-hour, yeah. two-part miniseries. Don't okay. know much about that one, but they also have Deep Impact, which that's because now as, as i'm thinking about deep impact there's another point that i'm thinking in regards to meteor because deep impact that disaster or that end of the world yes that happens mm. very late in the movie but they have a lot of build up as they mm -hmm. actually try to figure out what is happening you know they start yeah. the movie by discovering this asteroid or meteor or whatever it is that that is nearing earth <clears throat> and it takes a while for them to actually figure out that oh this might actually end life on earth kind of thing but in meteor we have the beginning of the movie is they pick up sean connery the astrophysicist from a boat race and they say that oh you got to go to Washington or wherever it was that he went and he goes there and they sit down and they tell him that oh we have discovered this uh, comet and it might hit a big asteroid in, in the mm -hmm. asteroid belt and it might spell doom for earth and you're just like okay we're not even going to spend time discovering that we told that from the no. beginning like oh this, uh, we'll have no uh, mystery solving here exactly like, exactly <laughs> Which help with the build-up, honestly. So it's also one yes. of those, like, why wouldn't you sort of yes. spend a little bit of time with that, at least? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Weird. that was just another Again. Yeah. But also, Deep Impact is, is worth seeing. Yeah, and if I don't remember, like, Deep Impact, it's, it's also, like, I remember it fondly, but it's way too long ago for me to, like, remember specifics about it. But if I'm not mistaken... That also spends like more time with different people's storylines in mm -hmm. a similar vein that you were talking about and feeling like could have been done in this film as well, in like yes. Meteor. So it's basically a better version of Meteor, so maybe go watch that instead. <laughs> yes, I know. Go, go watch When Worlds Collide, Deep Impact and Don't Look Up. And then you have like yes. three pieces from across <laughs> movie history. That does it yes. better than Meteor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you won't have to watch Meteor. <laughs> Even though I said, and I still stand by, like, it's an all right film. It's just like there are better versions of this film. So look at exactly. this instead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have anything more to say about um, Meteor. What are we watching next, Linnea? I, I think it, we're still on the uh, disaster film. Um, theme train 
Yes. Uh, exactly, train. Uh, and let me just find the right <sighs> document here. Um, so according to our schedule, I believe the next one is A Night to Remember. Ooh. The not James accident. Cameron Titanic movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I've seen so this one before. we've been in space, now we're yeah. into the ocean. <laughs> exactly. I've seen this one before. I'm very excited to see what you think about it. Because yes. uh, as you know, uh, my controversial thought is that A Night to Remember is better than James Cameron's Titanic. So uh, yeah, we, we're going to... We're gonna yes. hash it out next time, I think. <laughs> I really, I, I, I can't promise this, but it, I, I have been wanting to see, uh, like rewatch Titanic because mm. it's been many years ago, and <clears throat> I, it would be fun to sort of watch them and then be able to compare them more fairly, mm. I mm. think. But we'll see. I can't make yes. any promises, but but maybe I'll be able to see them both because. Uh, I mean, I remember Titanic fairly well, so it wouldn't be necessary in order to discuss it, but it could be nice to have it sort of fresh in my mind. Um, I, ha- I have because... seen I have seen James Cameron's Titanic once in my entire life. Once? Uh, yes, once. Number one disaster heart <laughs> my, film. You my uh, my sisters, yeah, my sisters rented it on VHS shortly after it had come out on home media. Uh, so we watched it at home, and uh, I don't know, I was maybe eight years old at the time. Um, but I do remember the movie quite well. And mm. what I remember is, like, love tr- trouble more than sinking ship. <laughs> and because I don't like the love tr- it's trouble. It's basically a romance <laughs> film that happens to take place during a... But I want disaster. a ship disaster, not <laughs> love trouble. But whatever. Well... <laughs> Well, we'll get into it when we get there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but maybe I should rewatch it. That's, uh, yeah, that's only yeah, fair. Give it a, like an adult <laughs> viewing and see what you think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. I think uh, we're done then. Yes. So, uh, listeners, have you seen Meteor? Uh, if you want to share your thoughts with us, you can reach out at starcrashedpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, and tune in next time as we sit down and talk about another movie. Bye-bye. Bye.